You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello and welcome to the Arrowhead Pride podcast we call From the Podium, where you get to hear directly from your Kansas City Chiefs. I'm the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com, Pete Sweeney. It was a good day of Chiefs media on Monday, where we got to hear from all three of the Chiefs coordinators as they get ready for Thursday night against the Houston Texans. When the coordinators were done, safety Tyron Matthew took the mic. So in the first half of this podcast, you'll hear from offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy and defensive coordinator Steve Spagnolo. We'll hear from Tyron Matthew and we'll finish up with special teams coordinator Dave Tope. First up, here is the offensive coordinator of the Chiefs, Eric Bieniemy. Good afternoon, coach. Uh, glad to see you're fired up. Um, I had a, a question that is just pretty simple. The major difference with your offense this year is the new running back in Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. So what to this point tells you he's ready for the lights? You know what? We put him through, uh, through a lot of different tests. This, uh, I mean, this, uh, this training camp. He's had an opportunity to, to get out there, work with the ones. Uh, obviously, our training camps are tough. We want to make it tough just because of the way we practice. We practice with a high volume of reps. We practice at game speed. And on top of that, it's okay if he makes a mistake. The thing that we want to do is see how he handles those mistakes. Now, everything that we do in practice obviously cannot simulate a game as far as game speed and all the collisions that will be made. But one thing that we do know, the kid has mentally and physically prepared himself for this point, but he does understand that, hey, when those lights turn on, it's time to go, and he'll be ready to go. Let's go to Mick Schaefer. Go ahead, Mick. Yeah, Coach, along those same lines, I was wondering, as a former running back, how much you can relate to maybe what he's going to be going through Thursday. And, and if you could imagine your, your debut coming in an NFL opener without any preseason games with, uh, you know, on a defending Super Bowl champs. You know what? I, I, obviously, we're living in a different day and age, and I had an opportunity to, to have six weeks of training camp. And, you know, the, the Stone Age days when you, you, you went two-a-days every single day, but I will say this, the kid has worked his tail off. Uh, he helped LSU. He helped his team to win a national championship. He had to grind and claw to get to that, that spotlight, to that position, to help him to be the number one back in that particular team. So he understands what competition is. He understands what it takes to play underneath the big lights. Now he just got to make sure that he's ready to transfer it over once we kick off on Thursday. The biggest thing, that, uh, like I've told him, and I know the hardest thing will probably be that first drive because his emotions are going to be high. He's going to be hyperventilating, and he's just going to be so excited about being out there. But once he gets tackled the first time, you know what? It's all football. He's lining up between the hashes. He's doing what he does best, and that's why we drafted him. Let's go to Michelle Steele. Go ahead, Michelle. Hey, Coach. Good morning. Um, you've worked with Pat for a while now. Are there ways that he continues to surprise you as a quarterback? What, what have you learned about him this year? Oh, good morning, Miss Michelle. Good afternoon, I should say. Uh, I've, you know what? Every day you learn something new about Pat. And uh, 
just the way he comes to work, how he handles and conducts himself in meetings. Uh, he's always very, very critical of himself, and he's always looking for an answer. So those are the things that you, you love about him because he's competitive. He wants to, he always wants to be right. There is no, uh, if he was wrong, he, he's not shy about admitting or saying, hey, you know what, I screwed that up. I got to give a better pass or I didn't call this particular play the right way. So one thing that I do love about him is his humility. One thing that I do love about him is his competitive fight about him. And every day, you know, just being in that room and watching his personality grow, not only with this offense, but also with his peers, has been something that has been very, very motivational, not just for me, but everyone that surrounds him as well. Let's go to Herbie T.O.P. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, Coach, good morning. Well, actually, good afternoon, as you pointed out earlier. It seems like we're about ready to end around 100 between J.J. Watt and Mitchell Schwartz. And, and as a guy who appreciates the competition level of football itself, what's, what's that like for you on the sidelines watching two perennial all-pros go head-to-head? You know what? It's, it's, first of all, we were blessed and fortunate to have this opportunity to watch him play because Schwartz has been doing this for a long time. Uh, JJ has been doing this for a number of years and just watching those two play, you know, and the sad part is that on the offensive side uh, of, of it all, you know, Mitch doesn't get all uh, the, 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 the limelight such as JJ, but the thing that I love about Mitch, he's a, he's a, you know, he brings his hard hat and his, uh, his lunch pail to work every single day and he's going to go about his business. Now, when it comes to taking on JJ, he's just going to be the same consistent, professional player that he is he understands how JJ plays he's going to be consistent with his pass sets hey you know what sometimes he might get JJ and sometimes JJ might get him but that's not going to stop him from being the very best of who he can be let's go to Steve Walls go ahead Steve hey how you doing what's going on Steve not much. Uh, Texans coach Bill O'Brien said while speaking to the Houston media that his team still has a long way to go as far as getting prepared to play on Thursday. I'm just wondering how much you believe in what he said, and I'm curious is if you could give a percentage of how close you guys are, are to being ready for Thursday. Well, I know what Coach O'Brien said, okay? And, and I'll say this. Just being on the team that lost in a playoff game uh, to a team from the previous year, they're going to be fired up. So regardless of what he says, I know that team is going to be fired up and excited about coming in here on a Thursday night, prepared to come in and, 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 and put it on us. The thing that we just got to do is make sure that our intensity, also that we're mentally and physically prepared to go out and do the things that we prepared ourselves to do. So regardless, all the coaching speak don't mean anything. When that whistle kicks off, you know what I mean? It's time to go to work. Yeah, everybody wants OTAs. Everybody wanted all the extra time to, to prepare to get to this point. But you know what? We're a couple of days away. doesn't matter. Those guys are going to be ready to play regardless. We've got time for a couple more guys. We're going to go Adam Teicher and then Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Eric. How you doing today? What's going on, Adam? And by the way, we've heard that, that word you said right at the start. We've heard you say that a few times on the practice field, so don't feel bad. Adam, you ruined um, my, my reputation. <laughs> <laughs> it's already there. A lot of people know about it. Um, you talked about Clyde maybe on the first drive. Certainly you remember the first time you gave the ball to Kareem Hunt when he was a rookie. Yes. So because of that, do you, you say anything special to Clyde? Not, you know what? Did you guys go on the field that first time? 
So here's the thing. As, as a former running back and as a former running back coach, you address the issues of turnovers. We've hit that with our guys uh, since we started preparing for this team. And one thing that we do know in the league, the first game is always the highest number of fumbles or turnovers in the game. So the thing that we focus on is making sure the guys understand, hey, ball security is the utmost importance. We do know if we protect the football, our chances of winning increases higher. You know, there's a number of drills that we can do. But also, too, just making sure that guys are focused in on just protecting the ball and guys are running to the ball because sometimes things happen and guys got to put themselves in position to make sure they're being accountable and being there in the right place at the right time. But you never, all right, <laughs> go and talk to a guy and say, hey, you know, on Kareem's first carry, he fumbled the ball. Well, no, that's not the deal. As a running back coach or a former running back coach, and Coach Dillon has addressed this with him, hey, two hands on it in traffic, high and tight in the open field, on the way down, make sure you're securing it and going down to the ground. At the end of the day, you want to make sure you're handing the ball back to the ref. Let's go to Nate Taylor to close us out. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Eric. I'm interested to hear how eager you are to see Clyde as a receiver, right, based on what he – did at LSU last year and the simple fact that you guys don't have preseason games where there's tape of him catching the ball in your offense. Just how eager are you to see that element of his game on Thursday? You know what I'm looking for? Here's the thing. I'm looking forward to watching the kid play. And there's a number of things that he put on tape in college. We all know how tremendous of a runner he is. He has great instincts between the tackles as a runner. He has great feet in traffic. Uh, he wasn't as good as he would have liked to have been in protection, but he's worked his tail off with Coach Dillon, and also he's done a heck of a job of working with Pat and the O-line and making sure he understands all the protection calls so he can do, do the right things when called upon. But also, too, he's done a heck of a job out of the backfield for us this entire camp of catching the football. He's a football player that happens to play the running back position, and we're satisfied with all the progress that he made has made so far. And the thing that we just want him to do is just focus on being the best of who he can be. Don't need anything more of him. I just need him to go out there and focus one play at a time and understand that, hey, when that play comes and you have an opportunity to be great, just make sure you have mentally and physically prepared yourself this week for that defining moment on game day. Coach E.B., we really appreciate your time today. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. You guys take care. Uh, good to see everybody here. We're looking forward to a Thursday practice. It's, it's getting long. It's been a long time. Uh, but Thursday will certainly be here in a matter of time. We'll be ready to go. So with that, I'll open it up. Start with Herbie. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, Coach. The last few times you, you squared off against the Texans, you obviously had to pay attention to DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, this time around, it's, it's a completely different wide receiver core. What are some of the challenges you see looking at how that retooled Texans wide receiver core? Yeah, the biggest challenge, Herbie, is probably where we don't really know who the go-to guy is. Um, we kind of knew that last year. Uh, whether that was good or bad, I don't know, because he was pretty good. But it, it sounds and feels like uh, they're going to spread the ball around, which means we're going to have to deal with a bunch of them and they've got some speed over there. We know what Fuller's like and Cooks they add to the, uh, the mix. And I've always felt Randall Cobb was a good football player. Um, and, you know, we don't, without any film to go off of, not really sure where they're headed in terms of what they're going to put out there. But we're going to have to figure it out quick. That's part of the chess game in the first game of the season. Even when you have the preseason games, there's still a lot of things you've got to figure out. 
Let's go to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Steve. How are you doing today? Great, Adam. Great. Good. Thanks. Um, hey, um, just curious, because of the unusualness of the year, whether your list of concerns three days, four days before a game are more than normal, less than normal, the same as normal? I mean, is it unusual year in that regard? Yeah, uh, probably more uh, with because of the unknowns. Uh, you can get a little bit uh, off of the preseason games. I mean, you get a little bit of feel for, you know, how an opponent's going to interact with each other. And I think that if we had had our normal four preseason games, we probably would have seen 25, 30 snaps of their first group. So we kind of missed that. Uh, so it's a little bit of a guessing game. Uh, but again, uh, that's going to be part of the chess match going on during the game. And the team that that makes the adjustments best will have a better chance of winning. Um, and again, I've told our guys that because it is unique, it's really more, and the first game really is like this all the time. It's more about us and what we do and how we function than it is about trying to get tips on what they may or may not, may not do. So we're going to kind of focus on that. Let's go to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Uh, a, a big challenge for this game, obviously, is going into it without Breland. You'd said, you know, you, you're replacing him probably with a couple guys. I, I was going to ask yeah. you about Legarius in particular. Uh, where's your comfort level potentially with him uh, on the outside? And, and what tells you that he's going to be okay with this baptism by fire, potentially? Yeah, well, all we can go off of is what he's done in practice. Uh, and he's had some really good snaps and, and certainly some sna snaps like a normal rookie out in that position, which is not an easy position to play early in your career. Uh, but we'll mix and match it over there. Uh, we, got some, we got confidence in LJ. He's a hard worker. Even from the first day he got there, I thought he was one of the better, better competitors that was out there. And if you're going to play out of that position, you've got to compete. You've got to be a, an elite competitor. Uh, you've got to let things just roll off your back if it doesn't go so well. So those are the things we maybe we don't know about some of our guys is, you know, how they react to adversity. We try to give them as much adversity in practice, but it's not, nothing like the game. So that is going to be one of the things we'll focus on is when it doesn't go right, uh, can we bounce back up and come up with a good play? Let's go to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Steve. Good morning to you. Hey, Nate. Not so much in football about maybe the first game being an advantage for the offense because you're not sure what you're going to see. I'm wondering, could that be the same for you from a defensive standpoint, particularly in the secondary, because you have so many new players, you have the ability to move guys around. Do you think that could give you guys an advantage uh, in some ways that maybe is unusual for the common football fan? Yeah, I mean, I hope so. I guess a little bit of it de uh, depends on how you're deploying your offense. If you're a big team that looks for matchups, um, you know, maybe they'll just try to find something to put a certain guy. If you're a team that just um, attacks the scheme, um, they probably have a pretty good bead on what we do. We play each other twice uh, and maybe so they don't feel as much pressure that way. I guess it, it's a little bit dependent upon how they look at things. I'm talking about offensively, but hopefully we'll have enough wrinkles in there where we can give them at least a few headaches, right? Uh, we're going to go right down the line, take three more. We'll go Rob, Serin, and Adam. Go ahead, Rob. Hey, Coach Bags. Good morning. I've heard other defensive coordinators talk about uh, their concern with uh, tackling because most of the teams early may lean on the running game, especially with the new guys, the, the uh, amount of tackling you didn't have in the yeah. preseason. Where's your concern level there? No question. My number one concern. I'd echo that from if that's what people are saying. I, I agree 100 percent. 
we've tried to simulate it as much as possible. We didn't have a lot of live periods. We did a little bit of tackling that way. But I think the coaches, the assistant coaches, done a great job giving or getting it done as best they could. We got a big heavy bag out there. We're trying to hit and try to put them in those positions. And I've I've taken. I don't know whether this will help or not, but every day we watch tape of tackling i'm talking about good tackles how to tackle so maybe it's a visual thing um but it's a concern we won't know until we get in the middle of the game and see how some of these guys react let's go to Saran. go ahead Saran. uh coach uh thank you for the time uh, sure. a couple couple of questions first of all um number one you were talking about legerious sneed and you know one of the things he had in college he's playing corner and safety and I had one personal guy I talked to a long time ago told me, you show me a guy that they can't really figure out where he is in college and he comes off my board, right? Uh, <laughs> that that was like a big negative. And, and it seems like maybe the NFL has gone exactly the opposite direction, right? That that hybridization, that safety that can come up and cover the slot or the slot that can roll back is yeah. maybe more valuable. That maybe that's flipped and what was seen as a negative is now a tremendous positive. So I, I wonder if you could comment on that. And then if you could just say what it was that flashed about the young defensive lineman and, and Wharton and Harris, and how Dana uh, fits in, just kind of what, what it was that uh, got those guys on this team? Yeah, the, the first one, I, I've always seen the, you know, a, a college player that plays different positions to me as a positive. I mean, it tells me he obviously at least has some pretty good football smarts. It's not, I mean, in college football today, defense is a pretty complex. So, and I thought LJ functioned pretty well as a safety. Of course, we had to be certain or convinced that he could function on the outside as a corner and we did and he's done a nice job but it's it's interesting that you say that um it's funny how people think of something in two different ways but we did look at it as an advantage um your second question on the young guys um listen we've been really pleasantly surprised with a couple of guys that have come in here and didn't we didn't really know a lot about uh, but you're talking about Turk Wharton. Uh, he's been a nice surprise. Coach Daly has done a great job with him. Uh, Damone Harris was with us. I think you were talking about Damone, right? Uh, he was with us last year. And, of course, he got dinged a little bit, but we know what he can do. And uh, Mike Dana, another pleasant surprise. Those two guys, I'm talking about Turk and Mike. Um, listen, for guys that have not been in the NFL very long, they sure operate like true pros. Um, they learned it somewhere along the way. Uh, but from the standpoint of we, – we, and we noticed that right in those Zoom meetings, uh, I remember Coach Daly talking about both those guys specifically, um, how much he was looking forward to working with them because in these meetings that you and I are doing right now, he was thoroughly impressed. And he, they've just, those two guys have just continually uh, impressed the coaches. Let's go to Adam Teicher for the last one. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Steve. Um, you touched on Mike Dana a minute ago, but wanted to ask you about him and also about Taco – and what you've seen from them, what you maybe learned about them in the last few weeks of practice, and maybe give us a peek at what their roles might be when the season starts? Yeah, um, good question. I mean, Taco, look, listen, he's been around the league a little bit. He's long. Every time I walk behind him, I think he's growing. I might, I, maybe I'm <laughs> shrinking. Who knows? Um, but he, listen, uh, he's got a skill set. Um, we're going to try to get him in the right spots. Mike Dana, on the other hand, looks like a guy who – who kind of has a little bit of both, uh, and he was at Michigan a guy that played inside. By both, I mean, you know, a first and second down run stopper, and I think he can get on the edge and, and give us a little bit in the pass. But, you know, I don't know if we'll get to get him inside or what his role will be completely. We'll probably try to sprinkle some things in there for him uh, initially. But, listen, when you go in the first game, I don't know how many uh, D linemen will carry to the, to the uh, 
the active uh, list. But all of those guys are going to have to play who's ever up. I mean, guys aren't, haven't played, you know, 60 minutes. You know, I hope we don't play 83 plays like we did the first time we played them. But however many number of plays we play, the D-line is going to have to rotate. So whoever's up, we'll get some playing time in there. Coach, we really appreciate your time today. Okay. Thank you. You got it. Thanks. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. You just heard from Chiefs Offensive Coordinator Eric Bieniemy and Defensive Coordinator Steve Spagnolo, And now we continue on with safety Tyron Matthew. You've obviously played for the Texans and you knew what DeAndre Hopkins could bring to that offense. This time around, you're, you're going to be facing a, a completely revamped wide receiver core. Well, what are some of the challenges you see when, when, you look across, when you look at the tape of some of the guys that have probably played for other teams but are now new to the Texans? Yeah, they're still a talented group. Um, I think it, uh, with or without DeAndre, um, I think they have the ability to to wreck a football game. Um, you know, it's still a lot of speed out there. Um, you know, they removed Hop, but, you know, they brought in Cobb, uh, who's a veteran, who I'm sure is going to, you know, possess some of the same traits DeAndre, you know, possess, whereas – you know, Hop was able to come. Hop was able to come to the line and kind of tell his receivers if it was cover two, if it was man to man, if it was cover four. So it kind of helped the other receivers play fast. So, um, uh, but they're still a dominant group. Um, I think it's going to be a, a tough challenge for us. Let's go to Sam McDowell. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Tyron. What's up, man? Hey. Um, 
couple things kind of on the, on the same topic here, but, but Spags mentioned just the fact that, I mean, w- without tackling in the preseason, that's his biggest concern going into Thursday. Where does that sort of rank on your list of concerns going into Thursday? And just relatedly, could you sort of put yourself in the shoes of a rookie that, that hasn't played at this level, like Willie Gay, Jerry Sneed, that are going to be getting snaps that haven't been, you know, I, I realize that they, they tackle all the time at every level, but it's a different beast in the NFL. Yeah, it's going, it's going to be tough, man. You know, obviously, um, you know, not being able to have preseason games. You know, we missed a good portion, you know, of the spring. Um, I, I think tackling at this level is tough, you know, on its own. You know, a lot of these guys can, you know, make multiple people miss. Um, I think if you have the ability to play fast, um, play to your leverage, um, use your teammates, I, I think all tackles aren't necessarily, you know, meant for you to make. Uh, sometimes it's for you to use your help you know, and two guys bring down one guy. So, um, but as long as we can play fast, as long as we can play to our leverage, use our teammates, uh, uh, I'm hoping we'll be fine. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be an adjustment early on. Um, but as long as we're playing fast, I think we can make up for, for some of the mistakes we may have um, in a tackling game. Let's go to Seren Petro. Go ahead, Seren. Uh, Tyron, I know you've been uh, very active as far as uh, getting folks uh, to vote. Uh, you've been very active, obviously, with the video with the Black Lives Matter movement. But now here we sit uh, a couple of days from the game. Uh, there have been reports that all the players across the league are going to have a demonstration of some sort. Coach Madison said that everybody on the team would be involved. Do you know what you guys are going to do? Do you know if you have the backing of Clark Hunt and the organization as far as uh, whatever demonstration you guys have planned? Yeah, um, I, I do 100% believe uh, we have the organization support uh, from top to bottom. Um, I think whatever we do, uh, we'll try our best to display, you know, unity, um, togetherness, um, you know, even if that's with the opposing team. So, um, but I think if anything, people should take away from whatever we may do, um, they'll take away the unity part, the togetherness part of it. Um and so that's that's ultimately what the picture we're trying to paint, you know, uh, for our league um, and, and for for the world going forward. Let's go to Rob Collins. Go ahead, Rob. Oop, there you go. Go ahead, Rob. All right, thanks. Hey, Ty, how you doing this afternoon? Good, Good brother. Thank. You. Yeah. Hey, do you feel like you have to temper your emotions a little bit playing on Thursday night as the Super Bowl champs, knowing that you know there is pressure on you guys to to show what you did last year? You know, you guys are running back. Yeah, you know, I, I've thought about that. You know, obviously, I'm, I'm I'm extremely excited to, you know, play in front of the world. It's a big stage for us, obviously, to, to play in front of, you know, our fans. You know, I think the emotions are going to be high. Um, I think ultimately, man, it's the same game we've been playing for a very long time. You know, it's football. It's all about team. It's all about chemistry with your teammates. And um, I think ultimately that's what I'm looking forward to, you know, keeping my teammates uh, level-headed, keeping us motivated, um, and then trying to maintain that, you know, through through the entire night. Um, I'm sure it's going to be a lot of ups and downs. Um, Pretty sure Deshaun Watson and his team are going to make some big plays. Um, and we can't get down, especially as a defense. Uh, we got to keep playing. We got to keep rallying. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. Let's go to Darren Smith. Go ahead, Darren. 
Hey, Tyron. Uh, thank you very much for doing this. Uh, I got three quick questions for you. What are your expectations with the, the players who have now been a year under Spags? What are you hoping to you know look like towards the end of the season? Also, your thoughts on the Black Lives Matter mural that took place over the, over the weekend? Did you get a chance to see any of them? And then finally, of course, with the Black Lives Matter video that you participated in, Colin Kaepernick going into year number four, has not had an opportunity or been looked at. Uh, of course, uh, Roger Goodell, you know, quote-unquote apologized to Colin a few weeks ago. Are you disappointed that he hasn't been given a shot at a backup role or, or even looked at, even by the Kansas City Chiefs? I know Clark Hunt in 2017 said he wouldn't have a problem bringing him in as a backup or anything like that. Are you disappointed that he has not yet been given an opportunity uh, to come back into the NFL? Or do you just believe he's been blackballed for life? Yeah, uh, to answer the first part of your question, um, you know, I'm expecting these guys to, to, to continue to, to progress, you know, under this defense. Um, I think a lot of guys, the, the more they get into it, um, the more deep, the more details that they know, um, the more fun it is for them to, to kind of go out there, um, have fun, play fast. Um, but uh, we're going to be counting on a lot of young guys this season, uh, same way we did last season, to really step in and play big roles for us. Um, and then deliver. Um, so uh, I think on my part as a leader, uh, just trying to keep those guys um, encouraged as much as possible, uh, keep them hungry, keep them motivated, um, and then, you know, obviously keep their mind clear so they can just focus on the ball, focus on what they love to do. Um, uh, you know, to answer the question about Cap, um, uh, you know, I really hope that he gets an opportunity uh, to, to play in this league again. Um, you know, I'm – I'm not necessarily sitting at those tables uh, to kind of make those decisions. Uh, I know us as players, um, you know, we understand the kind of talent he is. Uh, we understand the, the sacrifice uh, he's made to, to really, you know, put things at the forefront that, that was, you know, typically, you know, forgotten about. Um, so I'm just really hoping and praying for the best for him. You know, I'm hoping that he can – you know, if it's not football, I'm hoping that he can fall into something that was just as passionate for him as football was. And um, so, but I'm, but I'm, I'm, I'm wishing him the best. I'm hoping for the best for him. We got time for a couple more guys. Let's go, Pete, and then Adam. Go ahead, Pete. Hey, Tyron. Uh, over the past two years, you guys have been big on mantras. I remember last year, too smart, and then it seems like everyone got behind run it back. And today, you're wearing that iron sharpens iron shirt. Uh, which we've seen on social media from Chris Jones and even some offensive players. Why was that the rallying cry this training camp, and how do you think that'll push you guys forward for, for game one? Well, yeah. Um, actually, it's kind of been a mantra of Spags um, since last season. So, uh, well, we've always um, heard this quote from him, you know, even going back to our first day, you know, meeting with him uh, last season. Um, and we believe it, you know, um, we believe that, you know, each man is important um, in our room. Um, and the only way to get better uh, is to challenge each other, um, is to expect the best uh, from each other. Um, and, you know, I think we're in, a you know, actually a unique, a special situation. Um, you know, we got a lot of talent all around our team. And so at each position, at each level, um, you know, we have the opportunity or the ability to, to challenge each other, you know, whether that's me going up against Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey or, you know, whether that's Mitchell Schwartz trying to block Chris Jones or Frank Clark. Um, I think we, it's something that, that, that we understand that, that it works um, and we believe in it. Um, and we're going to try our best to kind of keep it going forward, to keep each other accountable, to continue to challenge each other, 
and try our best to, to really make each other better, not just at football, but, you know, just becoming the right kind of person, the right kind of man, right kind of father, right kind of friend, you know? Let's go to Adam Teicher to close it out. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Tyron, how you doing today? Oh, well. Good. Hey, I know you're familiar with Clyde Edwards-Alaire's game from, from LSU, but just wondered now that you've seen him for a few weeks on the practice field up close, you have any thoughts on his game and maybe whether you've learned anything about him over the last few weeks? Nah, I'm, I'm, I'm a diehard LSU guy. Um, so I've, I've saw, I've saw all his tricks before, you know, he's got here. Um, you know, I'm more impressed about the, 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 the teammate uh, he's becoming. Um, you can see him in the locker room, interacting with guys younger than him, older than him. Um, you can see him taking coaching, taking criticism. You know, not everybody can be coached by EB, you know. Um, so to see a guy still smiling, you know, after the tough days, um, I think that's, that's a joy to see. Um, and, and then I'm just looking forward to seeing him get out there and do what he does best. I think he's going to be a great fit. You know, for our offense, I think he's going to be somebody, you know, Coach Reed can really count on and, and can really stay up late at night <laughs> trying to find a way to get him a mismatch. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it. You know, he's a guy that obviously can can run the football really well. Uh, his vision is great, uh, especially for a rookie. Uh, he can see all the holes, even backside. Uh, and then in the passing game, you know, I think he's a guy that can really, like I said, create matchup problems, you know, for the opposing defense. So I'm just looking forward to seeing other teams try to cover, you know, our team, you know, when they get five out. So I think I think Clyde's going to be a big part of that. Tyron, we appreciate your time today, my friend. Thank you. Appreciate it. I'm curious just as far as how the roster ended up, uh, you know, how you feel about the special teams group and particularly some of the young guys that you feel like can contribute immediately. I think it's great. I think they did a great job. Um, it kind of it kind of worked out the way we thought it would. You know, we, we have great communication here. So, uh, you know, Veach does a real good job of making sure that there's no surprises. You know, so everybody's on the same page. And uh, we know when changes are going to occur, uh, you know, and, and really it worked out kind of like just, just the way we wanted it to. And, uh, you know, I'm really happy and pleased with the guys we got. Let's go to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Good morning, Dave. I have two questions. First, uh, Harrison Butker, it sounded like he came back a little bit stronger in the offseason. I was wondering if you have a range in mind. Of course, I know when will go into that, but in a vacuum, where, where do you feel comfortable? And then secondly, what type of year do you think McCall Hardman is going to have? What, what are your expectations for him? Okay, first with Butker, I think, uh, you know, he did. He had a great offseason. He worked hard, uh, you know, whether it was lifting weights, his diet, and uh, getting out and kicking. I think he kicked a little bit more this offseason than he has in the past, and uh, he came back strong. I mean, I, I'd say he, he, he probably increased his range by about five yards. Uh, his, his other range last year, I think, was, you know, I would probably take him back, you know, 55. You know, we could probably take him back to 60 in a vacuum. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable, but he's that strong. Uh, obviously, wind, you know, that's that's the big factor, wind and, uh, you know, the weather, obviously, cold weather. I mean, it all has something to do with it. But in a vacuum, I think he could hit a 60-yard, and I feel pretty good with it. Uh, as far yeah, as far as McColl, uh, McColl is um, – we're expecting good things from McColl. He, uh, he, I, I think he's going to take uh, uh, major strides in, uh, you know, his uh, kick return ability. I, I really think he's uh, on the verge of being being really, really good and explosive. He's explosive already, but he's going to be even better. Uh, so we're excited about him and the way he's developed. Sam McDowell. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Dave. Um, 
Pete actually kind of asked what I was going to ask there about McColl, but but what do you think just maybe the end of the season and those big kick returns he had in the playoffs specifically kind of did for him, go, you know, maybe confidence-wise going into an important offseason? Yeah, as the as the year went on, he, he got better and better and he got more confidence back there. Uh, you know, of course, we got to block people up. I mean, the, this group this week that we're playing, they're, they're, they, were, they were number one in the league in kickoff coverage last year and kickoff punt re- and punt return too as well. So uh, we got a good group coming in here. Uh, so – uh, we have to do a good job blocking, but he got better and better as the year went on last year. And, and you know, it kind of culminated in that game against Houston with that 56-yard return that kind of propelled us, kind of got us going uh, in the right direction. So, um, you know, he's ready to take that next step. You know, we've talked about it. Um, you know, and, and, you know, I'm really, really excited about his uh, future. Let's go to Sarin Petro. Go ahead, Sarin. Coach, uh, the, the roster uh, is obviously you got a lot of you guys did a great job of keeping all your stars in place, right? So, but that means a lot of big contracts, particularly a lot of them that are going to hit uh, over the next couple of years. When you put it together this year, did you have to spend a little bit more time, maybe looking over the horizon and thinking about next year as far as the different positions? Because you do have some really big paydays that are going to come on the other side to where you had to find guys that not only fit for this year's team, but also can maybe. Uh, be on the cheaper end and make the roster work in years to come? I think that's really a more of a question for Veach. I mean, Veach, uh, you know, those guys look at the numbers. I just look for the what's going on right now. I mean, as a football coach, we, we tell them who the best players are and, and who we like to keep and who we like to see play on Sunday. And, and that's where it really ends. I mean, we don't really get into the numbers and, and those kind of things. Those guys make those decisions. I know it's part of it, uh, but – uh, you know, hopefully, you know, we have good communication going forward. So uh, we're working the right guys in practice so we can see, you know, what's, what's going to happen down the road. But this year, it worked out like we planned. Uh, you know, we've, I've got all the players back that we've had last year and then some, you know, Ed and Antonio Hamilton and, and getting Kent back off the injury. That was a really a good surprise was that he was able to come back from that injury like he did. That's a credit to him and the trainers did a great job of getting him uh, right. Like we have one more hand up. Let's go to Matt Derrick to close us out. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Coach. Without getting to see the rookies in, in spring and pre preseason games, how nervous is that going to be seeing some of the young guys out there? Especially, you know, Tommy News, uh, Tommy Townsend, because he's going to be in a big role for you. Yeah, it's. I'm very nervous. I'm nervous every game. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I mean, that's life as a special teams coordinator. I mean, it's 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 crazy out there. One play could win or win a game, lose a game. So I'm nervous all the time. But you're right. This 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 game's a little bit different. You know, we got. You know, we got Willie Gay. He's going to play a lot, and, and we got Tommy Townsend. We got we got rookies out there, Snead. I mean, we got guys that are going to be playing in this game that never played a game in the NFL. So, really, the thing that surprises them the most is the game speed. You know how fast it actually is, and I think after a couple plays, you know, they'll settle down and, and they'll they'll be okay. We just hope that uh, no major mistakes are made, and and uh, once we get into the flow of the game, I think all of them you know, what we're seeing in practice will be, be solid and, and, and be good players for us down the road. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.